Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Mir, founder of Mir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And I feel like every week that's getting truer and truer. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's just we more and more questions. But it's good because you make me think about it from a client perspective. Like, wait, explain that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the questions for today. We're all going to be, it's going to be focused on like, Probably like PL organization, budget organization, chart of accounts, that kind of stuff. And maybe you can help us understand the difference, when to use which for why and when to use which for why. Yeah, what? <laughs> the who, what, and why of chart of accounts. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's start with some of the war stories you've seen. You've seen a lot of books. Yeah. What what's just yeah, let's. Go. I want to get people definitions, right? Okay. Okay. That'd so, be helpful. So let's start at the, let's start ground floor. Any accounting software has a. You, char- ju- you just left um, Office Depot with your box of, of QuickBooks. <laughs> the green box. That's right. <laughs> right. All right. Please don't. Step two: you insert the disk, oh, and then God. what happens next? Jeez, I'm having like PTSD. <laughs> uh, so any accounting software is going to have a chart of accounts, and a chart of accounts is a, is all it is is used. These are the the line items you see on the financial statements. So, for instance, you might have an account in your chart of accounts called, you know, Chase Checking. That's that's obviously your your checking account. You might have mm-hmm. office supplies and different things, but these are how you're tagging or accounting for things that go in the bank account mm-hmm. and on your credit cards and all that kind of stuff. All right. Now let me ask you the who. Yeah. Who decides to create these? Cuz remember <laughs> Yeah, one episode. I know what you can say. <laughs> you thought it was handed down by the government. I thought maybe they had some issues or guidelines on what what what. No, oh. this is a, this is a good and a bad. So anybody, when you create a business and you go and you get your accounting software, you can manipulate it however you want, which is good and bad. <laughs> the problem here's what happens with a lot of people, and we'll get to this probably in more detail toward the end of the episode. What you don't want your accounts in your chart of accounts to be is super granular descriptive. What I, what do I mean by that? Yeah, so I say because that sounds a little counter to what we're always well, talking about, think of, about of data. You let's just say you have supplies. I've seen people that say they have a, an account, not a vendor, an account called Amazon, an account called Walmart, an account called Office Depot. What you should have, those should all be vendors, and when you spend to any of those businesses, you should code the, ex, the expense to supplies. Mm-hmm. Then if you wanted to see the detail of supplies by vendor, you would open up the supplies account. Like you click on the P&L and say, okay, I can see for the last three months I've spent $10,000 on supplies. Let me click in that, expand it, and see who are the vendors responsible for that $10,000 balance. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you don't want... Your P&L, because what happens is I had a buddy of mine, I told you this earlier, he had like a 10-page P&L, profit and loss statement, because he had salaries dash, you know, Susan, salaries dash Tom. It's like, no, it's just salaries. Mm-hmm. You can drill down in the detail to find out how much you pay Tom and Susan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be on the face of the reports. The reports, they're not summaries, but they're also not granular based on vendors and very like precise data points. Precise data points are found when you drill down in the account. Okay. Like for instance, that supplies example, you could open up the $10,000 that you spent for the last three months and say, okay, I can see every transaction, you know, date, amount, vendor. 
that totals up to the 10,000. Yeah. That's where you're going to go and get the detail. Now, you might go a little more granular based on your business, but not as much as I see a lot of people doing. All right. So how do you make, how do you just determine what, what's best? Like, is there some formula guide guidelines in terms of like, I mean, I every this, business is a little different. Yeah, know? I think the stock chart of accounts that come in Zero and QuickBooks Online are good enough. And then, like you said, to your point, every business is different. Then you then you optimize a little bit. You customize. You add a few, right? Like if you have a business that has, um, let's just say, cost of goods sold, you might want a couple different accounts to to delineate maybe. Like if you're a landscaper, you might have a cost of goods sold account that is direct labor, and you also might have one that's materials, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want it just in cost of goods sold. You'd want to know like, okay, of the direct cost of doing these jobs, how much did I pay for labor and how much did I pay for materials? Right. And then you could get, you know, if you wanted, maybe go a little further. If you didn't have tracking categories or divisions, we're going to talk about this. Maybe you had an account called like cost of goods sold, you know, um, materials, commercial, or residential. But even as I say that, I'm like, that probably should be a tracking category yeah. or a division. So here's what, I, what I'm thinking. Why that happens is because, one, tracking category. I've used Zero for a couple of years now. Tracking category, I know nothing about them. Okay. So walk us through tracking categories. And my point is, like, the reason people probably get these, like, bloated P&Ls is because that's where we know to go. Of course. So yeah. every month or every so often you generate the P&L and you're like, oh, this doesn't show me what I really want to know. And so then you think, I know I could be getting all this data. I, right. I want to know, like, our, you know, what right. I'm spending and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so next thing you know, you do end up with 30 categories underneath supplies because I've even done, like, I'm thinking of my own where I'm like, I've got recurring subscriptions and then like, you know, uh, non, non-recurring. So I can kind of yeah. see, cause when I generate, I'm like, I want to know, oh, am I spending, you know, X amount every month versus what, what are kind of one-offs that, right. you know? No, that's good. I, I think it, look, there's no exact science to this, but what I would say is when you start using tracking, when you back up, like start using, uh, accounts to delineate things that would be more or less better described with a division or a dimension, and, and I'll explain what I mean by that, then you need to stop. Okay. Here's a perfect example. Let's just say you owned three Subway franchises. You know, one on Main Street, one on 10th, airport. 10th, and one at the airport. Okay. Every time you bought supplies, you wouldn't want to have an account called supplies-main street, supplies-10th street, supplies-airport. You just want supplies. Then you create a tracking category for the divisions you have. In that example, you have three divisions, essentially. And you would say every time you spend, let's just say you, you know you're spending for Main Street. Well, on the transaction, you would code it to supplies, but in zero it would also have another field. That's what it is. It's a field. Mm-hmm. And you would say... Put that to the Main Street tracking category. Now, what does that do? Well, that first allows you to just have a supplies account. That when you're running a P&L over the whole company, if you just want to know all my divisions combined, how I'm doing, well, now you don't have to aggregate three accounts that say supplies dash such and such. That's the first thing. Second thing is now I can run a P&L. I just want to know what did I, what did I make and spend at the Main Street location. I could run a P&L that's filtered by the tracking category. So now I can say, oh, I know my, because, and, and again, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't tag all the transactions, you'll be left with a lot of things to unclassified that, that 
once you start using tracking categories, zero then makes an unclassified one. Mm-hmm. So because because the, yeah. the the sum of all the tracking categories has to equal the total. So it's basically the catch-all. But my point is, as long as you're tagging all of your transactions to the right tracking category, and then maybe intentionally leaving some for unclassified, you might say unclassified, i.e. overhead. Like a good example would be maybe you got a general manager over all three stores. You can't really quite identify how yeah, much. Yeah. You would just maybe have that in an unclassified or an overhead tracking category. Mm-hmm. You maybe you pay a CPA for all three locations. Well, you can't break that out. Well, that's in your. That's a good data point to have. Yeah. Overhead. So it just starts to give you dimensions to the data without. You. My point is this: don't use your account names for dimensions. Use tracking categories in zero or in QuickBooks. You would use classes. You know, mm-hmm. think of them akin to divisions. Yeah. I have another question I want to save because um, I'm on the other side of this all the time, too, where I'll send like an agency an invoice and then they'll come back and say, hey, can you split the invoice into like three different ones? Because right. we got to bill this back or whatever. Right. Would tracking categories be a good solution there, too? Meaning like. I don't understand. Like, they could pay me, and then on their end, they could break it out. No, I don't think so, because if they're paying you, like, I'm not sure why they're doing that. Probably because they're doing a lot of things that we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I would think if that were the example, so if I would walk that through, if you did that to me, and I said, okay, Tyler, you're a subcontractor. I'm going to bill you out to other clients, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. All I would do in zero is there's a place where you can say, make this a billable expense. So I would just in your line item invoice. So when you send me an invoice for $3,000, and we, you and I both know it's $1,000 for three clients, I would just ask you to tell me that. Hey, right. is it, this is for 1000 bucks for each of these three? No problem. When I enter your invoice, I would do three lines on the bill, all coded to, let's call it contract labor. And I could then say, assign that line item to... This client, this one to that one, and this one to the other. And now it's done. And so those clients, are they tracking categories? No, they're just they're customers in zero. Now, when I would go to invoice one of my customers, it would say, hey, you have $1,000 that you paid for. Do you want to bill that to the customer? Do you want to mark it up? That's when you would do that. Okay. You capture it all on the front end. Because, a track, because if you think about it, you could have a tracking category for customers. But really what... You could get to where that's a lot too. Think if you have a hundred customers. Sure, yeah. You wouldn't want to. Tr- I don't think you want to run a P and L for every customer. Yeah. Maybe you do, but I think the better thing would be just. But, r- yeah, I think I made the mistake. I'm thinking of them like an account again, where right. there's like a balance. Correct. But that's not how it works. Correct. Okay. Yeah, balance would be what do they owe you, and that's an accounts receivable. You right. could pull that up like an aging or something like mm-hmm. that. Okay. I think I'm following. <laughs> So where do, where do the, um, tell us a little bit more about tracking categories. Like I'm thinking like categories, like a blog where you can have subcategories, you can call them whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Zero gives you two like parent, I think that's what they call it, parent. So like, for instance, you could have a tracking category that was like in my example, like locations for the subway example I just gave you, or you could have one that was, and you can name whatever you want, the the the, the description of the category. Mm-hmm. They give you, uh, I think you can do up to 100 per, and you give two types. So location might be one, and another one might be division or something like that. But that's really, I mean, you're just and you using, can have 100 underneath each. Correct. But only two, why? Oh, uh, sure. That's just they're limited to two categories, 
and then you get the name and whatever you want, and then a hundred tracking categories within each of those. Mm. I think you'd be hard pressed to find something that needs more than two hundred tracking categories. Right, but it just seems weird. Can you? But like within that hundred, can you cascade them at all? Or no, they're just once you say locations, then these are all the lo- these are you have a hundred locations essentially. Okay. So you get the name of whatever you want in terms of the 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 name of the tracking category, and then you name all the different I guess subs. Okay. Yeah, but you would just be using that to get more. That's where you get more granular. Again, just to kind of drive the point, I'm not using the accounts. Gotcha. So how do that? How does the tracking categories work in like? Does it connect to a chart of accounts, or like I'm trying to think of the use cases like budgeting mm-hmm. and then project tracking. Okay. So like if you've got a job and you're trying to just see like you were talking about earlier, I want to know how much like these jobs typically cost and things like that. You can create a tracking code for it. Yep. And then also budget. Like if if different departments have certain budgets and they operate within those budgets, is tracking codes the way to do that? So to your first question, if I were tracking things on a project, if I wanted to know income and direct costs on a project, I would use a tool like Zero Projects which is exactly for that. Okay. It allows you within zero when you're spending money, whether that be just like spending cash or a accounts payable bill, it allows you to assign it to a project. And then you can accumulate the cost and ultimately invoice. And that's an easy, simple way to say, because that like in what you used to do in a lot of web design, like every project's a little different. So you, that's where you would do is something like that. You would say, okay, I'm allocating my direct costs or not allocating. I'm accounting for my direct costs on this project. I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to progress build them. Or maybe I just build them at the end. Um, that's where you would do that. And you can run reports around that. Say, show me all my projects, income and expenses, and just get a quick gross profit on all of those different projects. I would do it in something like that. Um, you could do it in tracking categories, again. But the problem is, is that over time, you're generally going to have more than 200 projects. You know what I mean? If you have a business long right. enough, you're going yeah, to Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking like project specific. I mean, maybe like the landscape example, but like, okay, we'd want to know not just equipment, but I want to know how much are we paying for gas? How much are we paying for... For a what? A particular job? No, just just over time, I guess. But that wouldn't be... Yeah, I would say this. Use tracking categories. They should be evergreen. Okay. They're like, okay, like, no, give you another good example of tracking categories. I have a business where we own rental properties. Every rental property in that zero file is a tracking category. It's evergreen, right? Like until I sell it, I need it. Yeah, yeah. I want to know every month what was the rent. I don't have a, I don't have eight different rental income accounts. Mm-hmm. I have a rental income, one account. And then I say, well, what property was it for when I received the deposit? Then I code it to the tracking category. Then I can run P&Ls around that property. Or I could say, then I could, in Zero, I could do all kinds of things. Maybe maybe there are three properties that kind of go together. Maybe they, they almost collectively form a unit, right? Maybe mm. it was three fourplexes in the same area. And you wanted them, you could then run a report. You could build a custom report say, just give me those three tracking categories, add a total column, and that's that. And I'm going to call this, you know, XYZ fourplexes. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's lots of things you can do, but that's a good way to think about it too. Rental properties is a good one. Like you would want to know per property what you're spending on the all the direct costs, what your interest is, property taxes, repairs, maintenance, all that kind of stuff, insurance, and then you'd also want to know what was the rent you were collecting. But at any point in time, as a company, you could just run a P and L, just say, "How am I doing overall?" 
don't filter it down by the track category. Just show me how much rent I take in and all my expenses. Yeah. And then you, but then you could say, okay, we know we made X, but let's get more granular. Maybe there's one property that's making money and one's losing and it's masking it. Right. Mm-hmm. So my PL looks good from a net perspective. But when I put two different properties side by side, I go, God, this property stinks. We're losing money on this deal. Sell that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where the granularity comes into play. But again, just to, re- just to hammer the point home, I wouldn't have eight property tax accounts. I would have right. property tax. Right. Okay. So a lot of reasons people do that is because of budgeting too. They yep. want to they want to see the data that way, and we've we've discovered now tracking categories is the best way because you can just as easily filter P and L by tracking category, and you can get that information. Yep. And I'm imagining in zero you can save that mm-hmm. save that and click it every time you want. Zero's see got it. a stock one. He's got a stock report called Compare Tracking Categories. Yeah, and then just to make the point, you could then build off of that if you wanted to have. If you wanted to save custom reports for every different tracking category, you can certainly do that. Yeah, the important ones that you'd want to see on a regular basis, you can do that. So that solves that problem. What about the budgeting thing? Yeah, budgeting, a little different. It's funny, we were talking about this before, so I looked it up. Zero has what's called a budget manager, allows you to build different budgets. And so what you would do is you would just go into different budgets and build them for tracking categories. You would say... This is a budget for, you know, one, two, three Main Street. So back to my subway location example. Mm-hmm. And then as long as you're tagging your income and expenses to that tracking category, those would be the actual, right? So you build your budget and then the actual is what's actually happening. You would then, uh, it would allow you to compare those two things. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then all that, I mean, I guess the budget manager has everything you would need. To the budget manager is just leveraging off of the P&L. That's all it is. So you basically, you the budget manager is basically this. It shows all your income and expense accounts, and you just say, what do you think, what do you budget in each of these things? Some are irrelevant, right? Some may apply and may not. But you just go down the list and apply what you think should happen for that particular period, month or quarter. Okay. All right. So let me ask you the last kind of thing, yeah. because most of us didn't just bring just didn't start zero. Most of us are probably thinking, oh yeah, I do have like 70 different accounts and I do have that exact count of like Sharon payroll, you know, whatever, like very common by the way. Yeah. So knowing you see it all the time, how do we get out of it? Like knowing like we can't start over. What do we do? Yeah. I think what you do is you pick a point of like kind of point of no return. So you say, okay, as of such and such date, no longer with the Officer salary dash sharing. Mm-hmm. It should just be salaries, right? And then you, what you can do in zero is you could then bring in a few new accounts and then archive the old ones. Literally say, I can't use these anymore. Now, you can't delete accounts because they have historical data in them. Right. But you would just archive the old ones, bring in the new, and zero makes it easy. You can import. You could import a chart of accounts or, or a few new accounts. You say, I got these 12 that are my go-to now. Just import them. And then from there, you just use those. Now, what is it going to do? It's going to make your old reports in comparison. Like if you ever run a year-to-year comparison, now it'll look a, it will look a little different. So you may, if that becomes an issue, want to build a custom report where you, I'm not going to say manually, but somewhat manually, go in and group all those things that you're now putting to one account. So like the salaries example, if you had 10 salaries accounts when you and you did that last year, and now you don't have that this year. And if you're running a year-to-year comparison, you'd be like, 
I'm comparing one salary's account to the sum of 10. You might then just go and create a custom report in zero and build some groupings. Uh, it yeah, consolidate them. It includes the tracking code and the past. Well, not the tracking. You wouldn't have the, in that example would uh, wouldn't have a tracking category. It would just be saying these ten salary accounts really make them one, so I can compare to the current year, which I'm just putting my salaries to one account. Okay. So for comparison purposes, it'd be you know apples to apples. Let me ask another question. Sure. Can you add? Can you give one thing to categories? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the point I was making earlier is that zero gives you two categories of tracking categories, essentially. So, like, whatever, however you want to slice your data in two different ways, you could do it. Meaning, like, okay, so I I go and get a Burger King chicken sandwich. <laughs> and I Imagine can, that. And, and that hits the bank, hits zero, and I can track that as, like, meals. So stop there. Okay. So the accounting, obviously, is... Checking account goes down, meals goes up. So we stop there. All right. All right. What else do you so want? So meals, that'd be probably chart of accounts. That'd be a decent well, one. Well, that's – no, meals is is an account in the chart of accounts. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then I track it as Burger King and general fried chicken. <laughs> okay. And that so, way at the end of the year I can see, all right, a lot of, a lot of meals – I'm a PNL, but I'd like to see generally what I spent on fried chicken. Right. And then let's see how much I Burger King get rose in 2023. I would say here's here's my pushback on that. So yes, you could do both of those things. Okay. But then you would be then you would be running a re, you'd be running reports just getting granular on one account. Because is there anything? Oh, your is your beef me labeling Ooh, a burger? Great, yeah, great nice, nice. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. I wish I had. Um, yeah, flame broiled. <laughs> Stop. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, because I chose a vendor name. Yeah. That's okay. Right. So what if I would have done? But my point is, are, is there anything else in your accounting that's going to be coded to fried chicken other than the meals? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no revenue charge of fried chicken. There's yeah, no and then, supplies. So, yeah, okay. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you don't want your tracking categories. What? What? It's just uh, redundant because you can look at. I could generate that report and I could see the different vendors. Correct. You could just yeah. pull a detail of the meals, export it to Google Sheets, sort it by vendor, or run a vendor report in zero. Run an income and expense per contact. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point. If you run a vendor contact report, income and expense per contact, and you say, I want, I want to know everything I spent at Burger King, now you really don't know what's chicken sandwiches and what's the Whopper. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, and, too, they're not going to – well, I guess they would show up as Burger King even though I do I frequent different locations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we get the point. Yeah, but I guess my point – here's the takeaway. I wouldn't make a tracking category for something that's not going to apply to multiple accounts. Because right. you want to run a tracking category that says, okay, maybe there's another one. Maybe, maybe for you, there's a, maybe your business is cyclical. I, mean, I was going to say you could do dates, but never mind, because you could just yeah, filter run, by date. Filter by date. What would be a data point that you'd want to filter your business around? Is there, like if in the landscaping world, residential versus commercial, maybe? Mm-hmm. You know, like, all right, let me run a PL really quickly. Show me my how I did residential. So I would be tagging my income to either residential or commercial and then all my direct expenses. Let me look at that real quick. You know what I mean? That's a good data point. 
Gotcha. That's where I would use a tracking category. All right. So those are some good guidelines. I mean, don't go crazy with the chart of accounts. Keep that simple. Yeah. And then use tracking categories to, to, to manage those things. Yeah, and, to have more dimension in your yeah, data. Yeah, and don't forget the fact that you have the filters and the saved reports yeah. to to do most of that work for you. I would think a good rule of thumb is anytime you go to put a dash or a colon in your in your account name, just stop and ask. Remember this podcast. Yeah. Anything supplies dash Amazon supplies colon Walmart. Yeah. Eh. Okay. Let supplies be supplies. Drill down in the detail. Filter by vendor. Yeah. That's very. That was. That's three clicks. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully that gets you guys out of uh, 10-page P&Ls. And, uh, you won't be the and, first or the last. Yeah, and get your data organized and accessible the way you need it. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time. And uh, don't forget to check out the other podcast at mirror.group. 